Live from New York, it's the show that's just a decoy. It's first things first. On today's show, Tom Brady staring down the Rams this weekend. Why Knicks thinks this is a must win for the GOAT. Meanwhile, the Dolphins headed to the Super Bowl? What? Why Broussard thinks this might actually happen. And finally, last night, my guy, Jose Alvarado, pulls a Jose Alvarado, stealing the ball from the king alongside Nick Wright. I'm Kevin Wilds. Brew, enough to land LeBron on the bud list, getting Alvarado'd? No, and I told you last year, Wilds, it's cheap. Line up, chest to chest, palms up. And defend. All right, what is this? Frisky Pell. Like job, he's not Alvarado. even in the game. Oh, come on. But we start with the big Lakers win. A clutch decoy by the <laughs> second leading NBA scorer of all time, LeBron James, allowed Austin Reeves to throw a cross-court dime to Matt Ryan, who what? sends it into overtime. Here's Darvin Ham and LeBron. I kind of just felt in my gut that, you know, they know Matt is a threat to shoot it, but I will be using him as some type of decoy for someone else. But the play was definitely intended for him. Um, Austin threw a hell of a pass, and we were fortunate. It was a great play call by Coach. And uh, to have a you know sniper like Matt, uh, Matt to, to knock it down, stay ready, uh, you know, big-time shot for him. He got so many great looks um, tonight, um, but he didn't – didn't lose his focus, you know. We want him to shoot the ball every time he gets it. If he has any little airspace, we want him to shoot it because his ability to, to, to shoot. So, um, big time moment for our team early on in the season. Lakers won. Was this a big deal or not a big deal that LeBron was just a decoy? Oh, oh. that's well, the question. First of you know all, what the question that's the question. Get the question in the meeting. That's Don't the try to <laughs> start acting slick. <laughs> you know well, it. First of all, though, Wiles, let's be honest. Calling LeBron a decoy on that is kind of an insult to decoys. Because LeBron was just like, like I mean, I was, I was still it. being guarded, barely. I mean, mean make barely? a move. He was being you guarded. know you're not getting the ball. Make a move oh toward the ball God. like this. I think that <laughs> would have been a great decoy. He was decoy. still getting. He's, he's, got, he's, he's just standing he's there. there. All right, but that's not. I don't want to insult LeBron. I'm just saying, like a, a little I mean, more yeah, effort I mean, as a decoy would have been nice. <laughs> But secondly, I, I gotta say this, Wiles, before I get to your question, yeah. your answer. Yeah. How about I, I gotta give a, I gotta give a hand to Darvin Ham. Okay. Darvin Ham is coaching. All right, for all those coaches out there, this is coaching. Yeah. All right, he didn't just. I hate when coaches, especially in the NBA, at the highest level, just give it to your best Agreed. player at the end of the game and let him go one on one. That's fine. Oh. But the, he actually called a play. Answer the question. Congratulations, Darvin. Great job, and also bringing Russ off the bench. I love it. All right, no, it's not a big deal. I mean, and I've talked to. I don't know if you're gonna bring this guy up, but everybody's gonna bring up Michael Jordan. Why? Will Michael Jordan ever be in that situation? I'm gonna lose my. I talked to Michael Jordan about this, and Michael Jordan says something like this is not a big a big deal. He's told me himself. I was a decoy at times at the end of games. Yeah. Not a big deal. Even in the NBA Finals, Nick, yeah, when John, John Paxson in 1993, Michael Jordan was a decoy on yes, that play. The play was not called for him. So, no, this is not a big deal. At better all. decoy, though. It was much better decoy. Much Absolutely. better decoy. Like, they had to deny Jordan. Yeah, they're like, oh, my it God. Is, that's very true. Up. Yes. Look, is it the biggest deal in the world? Of course not. Is it not a big deal at all? No. Really? It's somewhat of a big deal. Why? It's just odd. Because it's odd. It hit, I, every morning, I wake up, and I go through all of the news. And, you know, some stuff's just normal. Oh, it's sunny day in San Diego. Oh, yeah, normal. But this one, I'm like, huh. Matt Ryan, who plays for the Colts, mind you, gets the final <laughs> shot <laughs> on a cross-court pass that we haven't <laughs> seen since the bubble. And who is that? We should do that. Lowry, I, I guess think. since he got benched, OG he was and able to Yes, good job. You only had five hours to research that one, buddy. <laughs> terrible, terrible LeBron take. You guys are going Just at a it. terrible LeBron take. Is this going to get dark? What's, Le- what's the bad LeBron take? Oh, that LeBron should be demanding that this is a low percentage shot so that happened LeBron to go in. Of course LeBron should have really? gotten the ball. Of can course I, he should have gotten the ball. Can I talk to you? Because he's LeBron. He's LeBron. They needed a three. You know what? I apologize. I apologize. 
to you, Broussard, and I apologize to Don't you, and I apologize to everyone at home that I believe in LeBron James a little bit more than you and a little bit more than Darvin Ham. Maybe that's my, that's, that's my fault. You know what? Guilty as charged. Lock me up. Believing in LeBron. You don't. I do. That's the way it's going to go down. What's LeBron, the, the signature thing that defines LeBron James' career? The block? No. You want no, no, no block? not a the moment. Shot. The Probably way he the plays. All-around well, right, ability. but playing the right way. Right? right, making the right, right play, trusting the process, trusting the result. That's in beads. LeBron James was 0 for 7 from 3 in that game. LeBron right now is mired in one of the worst shooting slumps of his career. He's at 23% from the season for 3. Now, that's actually not that rare for him. If you look at LeBron, He's not a great three-point shooter. Right, but, no, but, if the, but, if the, but if his season finishes at 36% from 3, historically... He doesn't have a lot of 36% months. He'll have 25% months and then a month where he's red hot and 42%. And it averages out. He's streaky three-point shooter. It would have been nothing but blind, raw ego for LeBron to demand to get that shot. Now, I know for many of our basketball heroes, that's what we demand and that's what we lionize. But who's the unanimous consensus best player in basketball, Kevin Wilds? This year? Yes. Giannis. Giannis. And what have we seen with Giannis with his guy, Chris Middleton? Oh, I'm fine with Chris taking the last shot. Even in the playoffs. No, Chris can close games. And you know why? Because he knows if they need a jump shot, much less a three-pointer, it's a higher percentage play. So LeBron, when he couldn't make a shot all night, and has not been able to make a shot really from three-point range all year, not demanding since you guys opened He's the, got a good point. Since no, you guys opened no, the don't. Michael Jordan door, not? I will walk through not the Michael Jordan-LeBron discussion, but the, the thing that does differentiate LeBron from other greats such as Kobe or such as Jordan in some circumstances is he doesn't demand to always have the glory go through him. He is okay with the right play being made like Jordan was. It's just, it is such, it, the Lakers have a lot of issues. Yeah. The fact that they won last night because they found this kid that can shoot threes and that's really the only reason he's in the league. Chris Middleton, is Former quarterback. Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton what? Matt Ryan is Chris Middleton. I, I, I reject the Giannis comparison. <laughs> Why? Because Giannis defers to Chris Middleton, all-star Chris Middleton, who he's worked okay. with for almost a decade. You really? This, you, you're really wild. serious? It's a like, lucky shot. It's a big deal? It's, it was, it's a he's lucky a great, shot. He is a good three-point shooter, he's Matt played, Ryan. He's, he's played, their best three-point shooter. played fewer minutes than Kawhi Leonard going into that game. Yeah. Like, don't well, tell me that. He's a specialist. No, he is a specialist. He is there for one thing and one thing only, to shoot threes. Okay. He shot a three, baffled, and you're wow. bothered by it. Because let me tell him, where's, Look, where's the one I believe one in LeBron. Shot? I'm, give, I'm give, the bad guy. Hold on. Give, 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 no, no, no. Give me a solo camera for a moment. America, I have to reveal something about my dear friend Kevin Wise. Oh, tell me. He, boiling beneath the surface, and he can't even explain why it's there, is a deep, Dislike, if not disgust, for LeBron. Mm. Stop it. And because I want him to shoot that, really? see, I, w- see, I believe Wilds, in him and I want him to win see, the Wilds, game. Wilds, even right now, you're treating our audience like they're dumb. Like they can't see through this translucent attempt of, oh, I'm the one who believes in LeBron James. No. you are. You, what you are doing is you are picking off the LeBron James doesn't have the clutch gene, poisonous tree, and Ooh. taking a bite of the apple to what? see how it tastes. That's exactly what you're saying. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what you're doing. Wild. You know I didn't know. When they drew that play up, though, for Matt Ryan, he was like, <laughs> Oh, see? I know. It's true, though. See, you know it. I, I, you know. Nick was right. You know. I told you. Like, oh, Nick like, is I don't right. know. How about they Matt Ryan takes it? I don't know. All Pat I'm Bev's saying, like, what about me? A little more effort on the decoy. Okay. On the That's decoy. it. <laughs> hey, come on, LeBron. All right. Uh, other breaking news besides LeBron's clutchness is that James Harden is going to miss a month with a foot strain. Nick? The Sixers were your pick to run away with it. Maybe no, no, they were not to run away with it. Well, hold on. Win, 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 win the What's the East. difference? Win, no, no, no. run away? They're, they're my pick to win the East. Are you worried? It's not great No. to have their second best player and a guy who the offense is running through miss time, you know, a month now when they haven't started off great. But do right. I think this is overwhelmingly concerning? No. Do I think this drastically impacts their ability to win the East? No. I think that 
What this does mean is that Embiid, who's been out with an illness, obviously needs to get back. And Maxi, who has a 44-point game and then some really quiet mm-hmm. games. What I, the optimistic version is this, bro, is that Maxi will take larger ownership of yeah. the offense. And then when Harden comes back, it won't be as much of the James Harden from Houston show like it was earlier right, in the year, which right. I know was a concern of yours. Right. I talked about how I thought – even though they were losing, it was positive returns early in the season for Philly because we found out Harden's hamstring is fully healthy again. Yeah. Like, he can be the player he once was. Stylistically, they got to figure it out. No, it's never good to lose your second-best guy for a month, but I don't think it's devastating. And this type of injury, I don't think is one you're like, oh, you got to be worried about him missing, you know, it going on two months, three months. So I think they're going to be fine. Well, look, I'm glad to see your confidence, Nick, because I don't have to offer him the olive branch. Oh, I was wow. about to, I was about to let you go to Milwaukee. I was about to offer the olive olive branch and say, but I I thought he might be tied (laughs) to take integrity. Oh! I brought some olive branches. I brought some. I never saw it. For our next conversation, I brought some olive branches with me. But if you you, you want to hand it to me, I I, I wouldn't want it. No, I've got them right there. Uh, Olive branch right there. I was going to give it to you. It could have been. You could have had the Bucks, and I would have still had the. I can't even call the Nets pesky. I don't know what they are at this point. They're a mess. But how big of a deal is it? Um, I, I tend to agree with you. I think optimistically, and that's how I'm looking at it too, Maxi will improve, and not improve, but take more ownership, and Tobias Harris too. Get Tobias Harris going during this time as well, and Harden has calmed down a little bit. You know, he started off as yep. Houston Harden. He's been more of a playmaker lately, and they've started winning games. So I look, if he can come back in a month, Wilds, mm-hmm. and be a playmaker like what he was when he first went to the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Oh, my gosh. With, if with, if this team with rolling, Brooklyn Harden. If Tobias is more involved and obviously Embiid's Embiid, this could actually be a blessing. Correct, because just very quick, Brooklyn Harden, if he's that guy, and Maxi is a poor man's on-the-court Kyrie, and Embiid plays the Durant role, but plus you have far greater defense, that is a team that can win the conference. In a fourth option, a fourth Tobias, option Harris? Tobias Harris or whatever they turn Tobias into. Would you be weirded out if the Sixers started to win a lot of games without Harden? And then like, oh, man, we're actually pretty good without ball-dominant Harden? No. They couldn't win it without They him. can't, yeah. You, you, I think we have, at this point, we have enough evidence that Embiid needs a legitimate second star along. I mean, he's never seen round Absolutely. three, mm. much less round four. So it would be – they need to win games. Like, yeah. that's why it's important. The Lakers won yesterday. The sidebar is they need to not be one and, you know, six. Being two and five is different. And so they need to win games. But, no, I wouldn't be concerned. Okay. More first things first after the break. Good little, I didn't know you had props today. That was great. I didn't know he was going to ask for the olive <laughs> Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. Today, we showcase Kristen Javier. Six hitless innings, nine strikeouts, just two walks. Brew. Series now has to go back to Houston regardless of tonight's outcome. How does being no hit going to affect the Phillies? Well, look, you guys know I've picked the Astros to win this, so I'd like Wilds to say, oh, the momentum is with Houston. Phillies in trouble. This is going to be in their head. I don't think so. I mean, if we've learned anything from watching these series over the years, every individual game is its own entity. 
And so I, I really don't think it's going to have an impact. Even if the Astros win game five, I still think is, it won't be because of what happened in game there four. There's no such thing as momentum in a baseball playoff series. I know someone else said it, but momentum is the next day starting pitcher. The, these game, there is no, it's, right. it, there, there is no, no carryover. There's no carryover. None whatsoever. Yeah. You got to get a hit. Different okay, well, okay, well, that's that game's over. The first inning, you got to get a hit. That game's over. Like, oh, my goodness. Ten innings, no hits. Uh, we're moving on. News today out of Brooklyn. Last night. The Nets and the Anti-Defamation League released a joint statement in which Kyrie said he was aware of the negative impact of his social media posting and took responsibility but offered no specific apology. The commissioner said it wasn't enough. Today from Adam Silver, I'm disappointed that he has not offered an unqualified apology and more specifically denounced the vile and harmful content contained in the film he chose to publicize. I will be meeting with Kyrie in person in the next week to discuss this situation. Today, Kyrie lectured reporters. Take a listen. In your mind, you said I didn't mean to cause any harm. Were you apologizing or were you not apologizing? I didn't mean to cause any harm. I'm not the one that made the documentary. Again, I'm going to repeat. I don't know how the label becomes justified because you guys ask me the same questions over and over again. But this is not going to turn into a spin around cycle of questions upon questions. I told you guys how I felt. I respect all walks of life and embrace all walks of life. That's where I sit. I think what people want to hear though is just a yes or no on that question. Yes or no. I, I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. Brew your response. Well, look, I will say this to Kyrie. Uh, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is your refusal to apologize worth giving up your NBA career? Because I fear, and I say fear because I really believe, regardless of whether you, how you feel about Kyrie's beliefs, I don't think anybody in this pluralistic society we have, where we're going to have differing views, competing views, and opposing views, that anyone should be suspended or fired for their beliefs as long as they're not promoting violence and, you know, against another group of people, which Kyrie isn't doing. So I hope this isn't the case, but I fear that his refusal to apologize could cost him his NBA career. Not this year. I think he'll play this year. But next year when he's a free agent, like I think, Nick, we agree. Kyrie would be essentially untradeable at this point. Oh, he was untradable this summer. Right. So I think when he's a free agent, if this – is the, if this is the atmosphere that it stays this way, he doesn't change his stance uh, and doesn't miraculously lead the Nets to the finals or whatever, then I think this could very well be the last season of his career, which obviously would be unfortunate. I'd hate to say it, see it. I hope that's not the case. But I say to Kyrie, look, no one's asking Kyrie to apologize for saying he believe his belief is that African Americans are the biblical Jews. Yeah. He's saying when I know who I am, he's saying he believes he's Semitic. Right. Okay? And that the Jews in America, the European ones are Europeans and not right. Semitic. That's what he's saying. That's his belief. That's fine. People aren't asking him to apologize for that. They're asking him to apologize for. He admits. He admitted he admits today. The there video, are falsehoods, there's falsehoods in the in book. The, in the, in the right. book and the movie. That's what people are asking you to apologize for. The you but he said won't yourself. Do there's falsehoods because people want and him to, so he won't do it. Jews. So that's all they're asking you to apologize for. So I would say <laughs> I would advise him to do that. So he can continue so, playing the game he loves. So I want to make Wilds one kind of macro point, mm-hmm. one micro point. The macro point is this. I've never understood people that find it difficult to apologize. People that, like you hear about people arguing with their wives or spouses, and it's just clearly someone just wants to hear, I'm sorry. And some people, like, stand on pride in, like, I won't apologize. I screwed up today with a dear friend at work. Made a joke I shouldn't have made. I apologized five times within ten seconds. He says, I was sorry. I felt badly. I also have screwed up at home. I didn't really think I screwed up. But I was like, I don't want to have this fight. I'm sorry. Like, you know what I mean? I'm sorry. Kyrie doesn't have, it would appear, anyone around him that says, all right, listen, once you've acknowledged that the movie had some stuff in it that you are disavowing, then there's not even a principled reason not to say... So I'm sorry for that. 
You know what I mean? And then he also, you can watch the whole thing. He does about three minutes about what he believes his heritage is and about how angry he is. And justifiably, I think, he feels anger that that is not taught in this country right. the way. And I'm not talking about who the true Jewish people are. I'm talking about Just black, black history, black history right. and black experience. I understand all of that. But to me, he comes at it from such a combative place that it's hard to get to where we need to get to. And here's the other element, and this is why I think Brew might be right. Kyrie also needs to recognize he plays a team sport. And in team sports, there are different sacrifices people must make for the betterment of the team. And last year, he refused. Last year, the best thing for the Nets would have been for him to get vaccinated. I'm not trying to have a vaccination argument with anyone. Everyone can agree, given the rules, fair or unfair, the best thing. He made a choice for what was best for him. The best thing for the Nets right now, as they try to get out of, on the court, this hell they're in, is to be able to turn the page on this. And he was given the opportunity, and he won't take it. And so because of that, Wilds, I don't think what Brew is saying is far off. That if, I've talked a lot about on the court, I think he's an overrated player when it comes to contributing to winning. If he has another year where the team underachieves, and you have this, or whatever's next, laying out there, I think it is going to be hard for a team to say they want to make any type of investment in Kyrie Irving. So when we watched it today and we talked about it prior to going on air, I'm like, man, we are so far away from basketball in the conversation. I looked at the standings. It goes, you know, Bucks, Cavs, and then Brooklyn far down. This big story out of Milwaukee the undefeated Milwaukee Bucks, is that Giannis brought a cart full of sneakers <laughs> to practice, and he was pulling off Adidas and trying right. to put on uh, Giannis's. That's the big story in Milwaukee. The second-place Cavs just beat the Celtics yeah, who were in the, the finals game of the year. in overtime. Yeah, great great game. game. The big question is, like, Garland's back. Is this just a honeymoon period, or is it going to wear off a little bit? Donovan seems to be fitting in. And then we come to Brooklyn. We are so far away from basketball that we have Kyrie's press conference that is light years away from basketball. We've got Ben Simmons now with a, a knee injury, and we've got this looming hire that it's going to be a firestorm coming of Udoka, perhaps. So, Brew, just from a basketball <clears throat> sense, I don't know how there can be any optimism in Brooklyn when literally the actual basketball and like, hey, you know what we need to work on? Rebounding. <laughs> We're last in defensive rebounding. But that conversation almost seems stupid. Absurd. <laughs> no, it, We're it, light years away from it. it. It is bad. And like you said, basketball seems to be about fifth or sixth on the list. Totally now, when you, when you look at the basketball, you see Kevin Durant. You see Kyrie Irving. You see potential from Ben Simmons, right? And you see Emei Udoka, presumably, who's going to be their next coach, who is a really good coach, and I think brings the defensive focus and things that they need. But they are a long way from that. And the fact that they don't have a leader, Nick, LeBron James is a leader, and that's why he and Kyrie were able to have great success together on a team level. They don't have a leader. And it maybe it can be Udoka, but I, I think you need a leader on that roster. Oh yeah, well that's and that's what they that's do not, not have. And this is and this also, by the way, is why the Nets didn't want Kyrie to talk. When Sean Marks said, we're gonna, "What did he say? We're going to let think. We don't want to cause a fuss." Mm. They because it was very interesting that last night when the Nets and Kyrie statement came out, I thought, okay. I guess this is done for the most part. Like, Kyrie is given as far as he will give. I think the NBA wants to turn the page, and now we'll just move to the next story, which will be whoever they hire as coach. But the NBA, to their credit, I believe, said no. And Adam said no. We, this, is, this is a bridge too far without any real apology. And once Adam released that statement, and in that statement that, Kevin, you read to the audience, Adam says he's going to sit down and meet with Kyrie. I think that could go left quick, man. Like, I don't – the I'm not – So, what do you think – because I, I don't think Kyrie is going to kowtow to Adam. I don't think so either. So, what do you think? That, I don't you know, but my point is I think that the, net, the Nets are either just impossibly poorly run and they didn't, they didn't know that that statement wasn't going to do enough, right? Mm-hmm. Or 
they, you know, they ran the statement by the league office, and the league office was like, yeah, we'd like an apology in there. They're like, well, he's not given one. So now does Adam think when they sit down he's going to get it? That doesn't strike me as as Kyrie's, you know, behavior. So I don't know where this goes. I think they maybe have missed the opportunity to really punish him because he's playing since then. But I just, I think this is going to fester. And I think this, and everyone talks about the Udoka thing, the Nets taking a risk by hiring Udoka. I wonder if part of the risk is, well, who else is going to take this job? Who else right now wants to coach the Brooklyn Nets except for a guy who maybe nobody else? There's only 30 of them. Yeah, well, it wouldn't have, they could just promote Jacques Vaughn, to be honest. They could have just done that. But I, look, I, I think that Kyrie will, you know, it depends on the fans. If the fans make a big stink, if they're protesters at Barclays, with, whether it's with Kyrie or Udoka, huh, then this both. story will not go away. Yeah. If they're not and they can get back to basketball, maybe it will fade. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I hope. But. I, I'm just saying to Kyrie, look, is it worth it? Just the falsehoods, the things that hurt. It's crazy. The things he w- believes in, nobody's asking to apologize for. Talking Dolphins after the break. Stay with us. First things first. Fresh off assigning Bradley Chubb to a five-year, $110 million contract. Highlight. More. Tua and the Dolphins are thinking big. Take a listen. I think throughout OTAs and throughout training camp, um, we could see the potential that we had um, as a team, offensively and defensively. And, you know, we're, we're not afraid to talk about Super Bowls here. Um, we're not afraid to talk about, you know, going to a playoff game, um, having the opportunity to, to go to one and then, you know, hopefully winning one. Um, but, yeah, if, if you were to ask me that, I, I would say I have full belief that uh, we are capable we know we're not afraid to talk about the undefeated Dolphins every gosh darn year. We get it. Uh, coach Eric Mangini is hey. here. Hi, Coach. Good to be here. Welcome back. Thanks. Brew, do you think the Dolphins are actually Super Bowl contenders? Yes. Okay. Oh, my I, I, God. Well, absolutely. Drunk. Now, look, hold on. The leading contenders in the AFC, the favorites would be Buffalo and Kansas City. Yeah. Okay. But you're going to tell me. Yeah. You're going to sit here and tell me with a straight face. Miami can't contend. Weren't the Bengals at 10 and 7 in the Super Bowl a year yeah, ago? Fluke and Weren't the 49ers happen. at 10 and 7 in the NFC title game? Miami has a shot. No. Just because Buffalo and Kansas City are the two best teams doesn't mean they're going to win the AFC. Yeah. We've seen it many times. And so absolutely, Nick, no. they they got the weapons and then they just added Bradley okay. Chubb, the Bradley Chubb. the defense. Let's, oh yeah. Guys, they, Bradley, they're can contenders. I tell you, when Bra- the most the most popular and impactful Bradley Chubb has been in the last 4 seasons was yesterday. Bradley Chubb was top five pick of the draft who had a dozen sacks as a rookie and has 14 sacks in the four years since then. I haven't heard Bradley Chubb's name mentioned on any television show anywhere outside a mile high in, in three years. And everyone's like, oh, my God, balance of power shifter, Bradley <laughs> Chubb. And the other thing that has happened is, listen, were people going into the year maybe a little too far down on Tua? Maybe, and by people, I mean the Dolphins organization who tried to trade for Deshaun Watson and and then tried to tamper with Tom Brady to get him. put out bad social media. However, most people were too far down on Tua. However, now the pendulum has swung far too much in the other direction. Where I, wonderful television shows speak on right after us. You have like a budding, I don't want to say beef, but like television beef between the wonderful Joy Taylor and our pal Emmanuel Acho, which is who was first to say two is better than Justin Herbert? My dear friends, Joy and Emmanuel, let the other one have that take. <laughs> let him have it and leave it for him. Like every like folks, folks are losing their mind. I understand he was great against the Lions, who are on pace to give up the most points That's in all? the history of the NFL. But That's the, all? The, well, well, I don't know. The week before, he can does we show lead you the league we in show, passer rating? I, I understand he leads the league in passer rating. He also leads the league in, oh my God, what was that? Can we show the Steelers picks, please? Because these you. weren't. He's picks. got three picks. They're, oh, three. There's one. Uh, okay, now show me the next one. This one, again, these all just go down as incompletions. Well, you're but right. man, they shouldn't have. Uh, show me another one. He's got three picks. I understand. And he should have had three picks in this game by itself. Every quarterback has some. Coach, of coach. Coach, the Dolphins God, are a good story, coaches and I think Tyree Kill's been the offensive player of the year. The Dolphins are not contenders, and pump the brakes on Tua, please. Okay, so 
Super Bowls are a little bit like Fight Club. The first first rule is you don't talk about Super Bowls. Oh. That's, that's the first thing. You you don't start talking about the Super Bowls in, in what are we week nine? Yeah. Like you, you just you just don't do it because you're not focusing on what's important. I like the fact they addressed the pass rush issues and, and they went and got the best available guy they could get. You know they upgraded the running game a little bit with with Jeff Wilson. That's that's a positive. That's been a problem. When you look at the games they won, they really shouldn't have beaten Buffalo. Buffalo dominated that game in every aspect of it. Mismanaged a couple drives at, at the end of the half or end of the half, end of the game. The Baltimore, the Baltimore game, was game they shouldn't have won that game either. Baltimore gives up what four touchdowns of seventy plus yards in the fourth quarter. Can't run the ball. They're ten points behind Detroit. And then they've got a quarterback that's really one hit away from being out for well, potentially okay. an extended amount of time. So as good as he's playing, there, there's a lot of uncertainty there. To say they can't be contenders, I disagree with that. They can definitely be contenders because they have an explosive enough offense to keep them in every look, single game. It also game. matters they're going to be on the road in every playoff game that, that, with they, no experience in the playoffs. Look, that, that, that could be true. That may be true. But with that offense and with things that they've tried to address and upgrade, they definitely have a chance. So he's saying, but you your biggest but you argument be talking is about it might get hurt. Hurt. No, that's not his biggest they argument. Won, I, I hear you. Look, they won those games, though. The Chiefs were outplayed by the Chargers, but guess what? They won. I, I disagree. <laughs> you, you know. They were up they, they, they won those games. They showed they have heart. They don't quit. And they can win close games. But two is a concern, his health. But Tua healthy is a concern. Tua, everybody's – go ahead, Wilds. Well, no, because I have, I have, a, I have a full screen to bolster your I understand, your and I know really? you're a big quarterback wins guy. Oh, I know yeah, it. Goes. But guys, well, he's also leading the, the league in passing rating and got 12 touchdowns and three picks. Go ahead. Yeah, this will help you. Yeah. you. We've shown you the Steelers thing, the Steelers interceptions that weren't interceptions that you didn't Name like. a quarterback that doesn't have some of those. Well, we, we had Josh pulled up the numbers. Oh. He just has a lot. That's the issue. Let's look at oh, turnover-worthy plays. Yeah. So he's got 10 in six starts. Brady has seven, but he has eight starts. Jalen Hurts has four. He's got seven starts. So these are the quarterbacks, the least turnover-prone quarterbacks in the league this year and, and two, how lucky they've been, essentially. So this, eventually those balls are going to be caught, and the Dolphins are going to come back to earth. And I understand Jalen Waddle and Tyreek are the ultimate weapons. I get it. But I do think some of these balls are going to end up Guys, in the defensive player's the, hands. This is, you don't feel that way with Mac Jones. The, no, because no, no, Mac Jones' turnover-worthy plays that. turn into turnovers. <laughs> they, they, but, guys, can I just give it – because sometimes you've got to believe what teams tell you. And when teams have had two in the building, when a team has had them in the building, and they are trying to trade for Deshaun Watson if he'll settle his lawsuits, and then losing draft picks and tampering with Tom Brady, it's because prior to this year, they didn't believe in him. Now, this year he's played well, despite, and the, he also obviously had the concussions, which are very scary. But here's my prediction, because I think they might win the next couple games. Then they have, in a row, at San Francisco, at the Chargers, at the Bills. And when Miami goes 0-3, and against San Francisco and Buffalo in particular, that offense does not look quite so explosive. We'll see how healthy the Chargers' defense is. And Dua turns the ball over more in that three-game stretch than he has in the season up to this point. Everyone's going to get back to homeostasis of, oh yeah, the Dolphins could be a 10-win team in the seventh, you know, the seventh playoff team, like they were projected to be before the year. They're not Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, but they, you have to give them credit for being as explosive as they have. Yeah, sure. And and nobody thought going into this that Tua was going to be able to do what he's done to this point. So you got to give them credit for overachieving there. To me, addressing the pass rush issues, trying to address, address the running game, hopefully they run the ball a little bit more than they have. I understand they have all those weapons in the passing game. But if you do that, then, then they've got an opportunity. And, and a lot of quarterbacks have turnover-worthy plays. And, and to say that the law of average is going to catch up to you, yeah, t- to some degree. But, but you have to give him some credit for what he's done to this point. I give him credit. I like the kid, but I just don't think he's very good. I'm not saying you have to like him. I'm saying you, you have to respect him. Like well, you know, you, like you can dislike him. No. You have to respect what he's Bro, done. Right now, do you think they're clearly the third best team in the AFC? I think that them and the Ravens are that next level, period. Okay, so the, by themselves, them and, the them and the Ravens. I have the Ravens ahead of them. I have the Bengals right I know, there. But I, I, you have a point. They did beat the Ravens. So. Why didn't you say that with well, your Why didn't you get Dusty to make bills. you a graphic? And they beat the Bills. Support. They Mom beat cares. the Ravens. They beat the Bills. Right. Kansas City didn't beat the Bills. So, I mean, Hold on, you just said they beat the Bills. Pick a side. Pick a side. Change the mic. 
Welcome to the best scene in baseball, the World Series at Citizens Bank Park. Alex Bregman waits on this pitch. Here it comes. Cracks one to right, down the line. That's a fair ball. Two runs are in. Bregman to second with a two-run double. Christian Javier, a name to remember and a night to remember. Abreu strikes out the side. His full count pitch. Strikes out Bohm. Bouncing ball to third. Picked by Bregman. Throw across in time. The Astros have a World Series no-hitter. The second one in World Series history. All right, listening to Joe Davis, who joins us here now. Joe, excellent job this entire World Series. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to start with this. I was big on the Phillies rolling in Philadelphia. Game three, five home runs, feeling good. Last night, no hits. Not even one. (laughs) Not feeling good. Were you as surprised as I was? It's just crazy how quickly things shift right because I think everybody was feeling the way you were feeling like wow the Phillies with a 2-1 lead and now two games in their home park where they haven't lost this party's going to be rocking and this series is going to be over after five games it's not even going back to Houston and they get no hit so they set a World Series record with five home runs in one game now they get a World Series record going 0 for their last 36 it's just crazy what we're seeing Joe, look, I get the analytics, the pitch count, 97 pitches, all that, the new era we're in. Why not leave Christian Javier in? It was 5-0. It wasn't 1-0, 2-0. Why not leave him in until the first sign of trouble? Because he had a chance to do something historic. Yeah, I think a couple reasons. Now, had it been 97 pitches at seven innings, okay, maybe there's a chance that you can do this in a reasonable count if you really wanted to push it. But even if he averages, what, 12 pitches an inning, which would be elite, you're still looking at, like, the highest pitch count in baseball this year. And you'd love to have him ready and with a full tank, as full of a tank as he can have for potential Game 7 on Sunday. So I get it. I like history just as much as the next guy, but I get why Dusty had to do what he did. Joe, in Broussard's defense, when Broussard grew up watching baseball, the mound was lowered. Guys pitched in the day-night doubleheaders. They'd go 160 they pitches. Threw nine, they threw nine. Every time they out. threw nine. They walked to the every ballpark. Time the whole thing. It so, I mean, it's just a, you and I are from a slightly different era. Brews more from our grandfather's era. It's just a different thing. All right, let's talk Justin Verlander for a moment. Uh, yeah. He's one of the greatest pitchers of this era. He also went into this World Series with one blemish on the resume, has stunk in the World Series, and then had an opportunity in this World Series. It looked good for a few innings, and then he got blown up again. What do you expect? I guess two-part question. What do you expect to see from him, and can you give an explanation as to why this all-time great has been so consistently bad in the World Series? Well, he thinks recently it's mechanical, so that's part of your, you know, answers part of your question, but it's more than recently, right, when you're talking about the World Series track record, and it's hard to wrap your mind around when he's been, you could argue, one of the greatest pitchers of all time during the regular season, but you guys know that a big part of what you remember players for in any sport is what they do in the biggest games, and at this point in the World Series, he started eight times, his team's lost seven of those, he's not gotten a win. Uh, a winning decision out of those eight. So I don't know. I mean, you'd have to think that he's doing something like over trying or doing something different when you get in the big games because it's enough of a track record where it's more than just a few blemishes. And, and look, there have been a few good games in there out of the eight that he's pitched. So it's not like he's gotten rocked every time, but it's enough of a body of work and there are enough clunkers in there where it's like, wow. But I'm still, I mean, he's he's been good enough for long enough where it's still surprising when he goes out there in the World yep. Series and doesn't pitch well, so I expect him to be at the top of his game. All right, so we've got these weird storylines, right? We've got Verlander, who doesn't have a win. I'm still stressed, Joe, about the Phillies not having a hit. You said they're 0 for 36. We get through the first inning, it's like, ah, 0 for 39. I, I would be super stressed. And I know Nick's going to lecture me and say, ah, there's no momentum in a series. Well, you tell that to the Red Sox, rolling over the Yankees. But regardless... I'm very worried that there's going to be a tension in the ballpark, Joe, 
if the mm-hmm. Phillies don't get off to a hot start, one inning, maybe no hit, two innings, no hits. Like, man, we haven't had a hit in days. So I'm stressed. Do you feel like there's going to be a, a stressful element in Philadelphia? Oh, yeah, and I think there'd be a stressful element even if they had seven hits yesterday and lost because the bottom line, and, you know, the no-hitter is a big story, but it's the second biggest story. The bigger story is that the Astros have tied this series up. It's 2-2, and this best of seven becomes a best of three. So, yeah, there's going to be the best kind of tension in sports with this coming right down to the wire. Let me tell you this, though. The last time there was a no-hitter in the postseason, it was here. It's 2010. Roy Halladay threw it. The next game, Brandon Phillips goes up for the Reds. Doink. Lead off home Let's run. Let's go. Oh, wow. Ooh, huh? That's a good Ooh, fact. Oh, friend at Fox <laughs> Bet. That's All a right, good look. One. Phillies, they got Syndergaard on the mound tonight. It's going to be a bullpen game. So how do you think that's going to go for them? That can be hard, right, guys? I mean, in the Phillies this season, when they have a starter go, when they have the bullpen go five or more innings, they're unbeaten. Because it can be hard on hitters when you see all these different pitchers coming into the game. No, Syndergaard, obviously, the biggest deal about this thing. you got to get a few innings from him, but it's not going to be more than three, maybe three and two-thirds uh, max. He's not going to see it on Alvarez a second time, you wouldn't think. So from there, you go to a pretty well-rested bullpen, given the back-to-back off days with the rainout, given that he was able to stay away from his top arms in the blowout win in Game 3. And the bullpen, surprisingly, has been a strength. So this can be a tough thing on a lineup. And it's not like the Astros offensively have been world beaters. They had the five-run inning in the fifth yesterday. That's the only inning they've scored in over their last 21. Hmm. All right, Joe, Wilds was talking about if that it gets off to a poor start for Philadelphia. I understand that. But I also know prior to the no-hitter, they were 5-0 and in that building this postseason. We had Smoltz on yesterday or the day before, and he talked about it being as loud as nearly any stadium he'd ever been in. How, do, how can you tell the audience who can't go to the game what that environment has been like, the no-hitter notwithstanding, and what you expect it to be like tonight for the biggest baseball game played in Philadelphia in generations? So we were here for the Division Series, too, and I told people then that might be the best environment that I've ever done a game in, and that was the Division Series. It went up a notch in the Championship Series, and you can figure what that meant when this turned into the World Series. You're going to have that tension right away. But what we've seen is that when the Phillies strike, the walls close in fast on the other teams, and it becomes this overpowering noise and this overpowering pressure that you'd figure road teams feel with 46,000 fans here sensing it, and no bigger game in front of these rabid fans than the one you're going to see tonight. Excellent job. Joe, have fun tonight. Game five. Also, we know you have to remain neutral, but go Phillies. Let's go. It is time for the best segment in Thursday in all of television. That's fair. It's a, uh, I'll take it. I'll take, I'll take it. I uh, got another letter from a concerned viewer. As I mentioned before, for the year 2022, we sure get a lot of actual physical mail. Here's what it yeah. says. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's a real letter. We get a lot of them, and we address them. Yeah. All right. That's the wrong side. There you go. <laughs> haven't opened up a letter in years. <laughs> Uh, Dear Wilds, love the show. Tried to explain to my family what being on the bud list actually means, but they refuse to take my word for it. Oh, here we go again. Please, can you once and for all put this debate to rest? Is it an inspiration or an indictment? Thank you, concerned loyal viewer. Do I have to say it every week? It seems like it. It's an inspiration. Everybody on the bud list I like. I pull for I don't have guys I'm against. Like Nick Wright. Oh. I have individuals that I just like don't want like to see do well. Nick Wright. Right. I, I, this is all about motivation. And we'll start this guy I really am fond of. Tom Brady at number That's three. True, all right, And they are indeed on the bud list. They need some motivation. What they lost? Four straight. Five of their last six for the first time in his career. It is the worst season of his career. And they need to bounce back. Look, they won't be out of it mathematically. But my goodness, they need a victory. If it comes against the Rams, that's the. T- I know the Rams aren't having a great year, but still, they're the defending Super Bowl champs. That's the type of win that could propel them forward into being the contenders that we all think they are. So, number two, look, I- I'm not that fond of this guy, 
But I did pick them to reach the Super Bowl, regrettably at this point. But Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> all right, Rodgers. And this is real. Look, we know he's owned the Chicago Bears, right? He's also owned, probably not surprisingly, the Detroit Lions. Yeah. He's 18 and 6 against them in his career. If they lose to the Lions, all right, and I hate to mention this guy again in my, my butt list thing, but Nick thinks the Lions are great. <laughs> uh, they aren't. What? Nick thinks they're the best one in six team we've ever what are you seen. Even in talking about? You love the Lions. Yeah, All I heard last yeah. week was they're better than their record. Watch out. Two they're going to beat the Cowboys. That was two weeks ago it when was, I said they was could over cover the against Dallas. No, I'm jumping it in for a moment. It was way I over said the top. they could <laughs> cover the seven and a half against Dallas, and they were down four and fumbled at the one. So I stand by that take. I am not a Lions I fan. I heard they're better they're, than their record maybe well, 20 okay. times. Ah! All right, anyway, Aaron, <laughs> they're not. Ago. You better beat the Lions. That's all I got to say. Again, the math, forget the math, because yeah. NFC is so mediocre that maybe mathematically they're alive. But their next three games after that, Nick, you'll love this. What? Dallas, t- you're, a, you're a schedule guy. You're a schedule guy. <laughs> Dallas, Tennessee, and Philadelphia. If they lose to the Lions, it's pretty much a wrap. Well, you believe in them. Yeah, oh, I, real yeah. quick, real quick. Just <laughs> your name checking me that. so much. If they, so they're your Super Bowl pick, right? Yeah. And they're still your Super Bowl pick, correct? Because I do believe. Okay, if they lose to the Lions, will they still be your? Well, Super let, Bowl let's pick? cross that bridge okay. when we get to. All right, All right. No let's problem. cross that bridge later. All right, number one, Matthew Stafford. Oh boy! I mean, just months away from hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Stafford and the Rams are having an absolutely horrible season. Remember, guys, we thought, some on this show thought he might begin to make his Hall of Fame case. Instead of he's making a case that he's more like Nick Foles, who had a great run and won a Super Bowl, and maybe that's what Matt Stafford did. He caught lightning in a bottle because, Coach, his numbers this year are horrific. He's got seven touchdowns, all right? There are 21, 22 quarterbacks with more touchdowns than him, and he's got eight interceptions. That's tied for second in the league with Kenny Pickett, who's just a rookie and throwing the ball all over the place. So the Rams and the Bucks, they're playing each other. Both of them need a win. So one of these guys, he and his team are going to be in a world of hurt after this Sunday. So I, that is the bud list. If there wasn't a graphics team that would that put a lot of time and work into mm-hmm. adding my person to the bud list, I would audible and put Drew on the bud list. What? Because that was the most disingenuous bud list we've ever heard. You think? Yeah, yeah, yeah I do think. Just I drive-bys think. on me, and then his terrible Stafford take from last year, he uh, then applies a tribute more to, uh, to generally speaking. Yeah, it it was, no, I never, I <laughs> challenge anyone to find a single piece of tape of me saying Matt Stafford would be a Hall of Famer. It doesn't hey, exist. You know why? Because it was such a bad take. However, like Bruce said, <laughs> mm-hmm. it is an inspiration on indictment. Yeah. So I'm going to put a player that I historically root for and put a lot of flowers at the feet out on the bud list. Wow. Inspire. Josh Allen, you're on the bud list. Wow. Yeah. So Josh Allen. disingenuous. Oh, what do you mean? It's an inspiration. It's an inspiration. Yeah. And totally. after Josh Allen, you know, lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs, I came on television and said, I fear Josh Allen. I respect Josh Allen, which is why I'm so disappointed in Josh Allen's performance against the Packers. When he played great for a half, he was on national television. Chris Collinsworth was trying to name the new MVP award after him. Mm-hmm. And then he was terrible. So there's his second half numbers against the Green Bay Packers this week. And now you are playing the New York Jets with their top five pass defense, top five passer rating allowed, top five in interceptions, and a young man named Sauce Gardner. Now Vegas expects you all to annihilate the Jets. They're two touchdown favorites against the Jets. So you don't, even if you play really well, you won't get a ton of credit, but it is important that Josh Allen plays well, and I will tell you why. Because there's a couple things Josh Allen doesn't have. He has the adoration from the media, you know, he's got all the hype, who doesn't obviously have a Super Bowl ring or an MVP. The, M- the Super Bowl will be determined in the playoffs. The MVP is determined throughout the regular season. This is a, you know, a quiet 1 p.m. game that's only going to be on in New York. The other MVP candidates, Jalen Hurts, plays on national television tonight. Well, national television in quotes. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> a, stand, a standalone game tonight. Very true. Patrick Very true. Mahomes <laughs> plays on Sunday night on national television against 
a team that looks good because of their record but isn't a great pass defense. So I expect both those guys to put up huge games, and Mahomes will then get the Chris Collinsworth tribute, could shift the MVP odds of it. So Josh Allen, after a mediocre performance against the Green Bay Packers, I'm putting him on the bud list. It, so it's fair. not a bad take. I mean, look, you, you're not trying to inspire Josh Allen. Of course you're I'm trying not. to inspire Patrick Mahomes. And look, I'm not mad at you because I'm surprised that most people seem to have Allen still as the MVP front runner. I picked him. He's yep. my pick. I'd like him to win it. But I don't think, personally, he's the MVP right now. I do think Mahomes is making a great case. But everybody's got Allen ahead. So, yeah, he needs to have a big game after the two picks. I'd like to see that. Can I just say this is my favorite bud list ever? Wow! Coach! This is a great bud list. I thought you did a fantastic job with it. I love the way that you referenced Nick over and over again. (laughs) Accurately, accurately referencing. Absolutely. Now, I don't think I'd hire you as an inspirational speaker when you lead with you better win. You better, I, I, typically, the tough most, love. I'm yeah, from the past generation. No, I, I get it, but like a lot of times when we bring those guys in, they don't lead with you better do it. Okay, so I'm gonna take a step back there in terms of hiring for that. But I, I'm going with Zach Wilson. I'm going with the uh. other side, the other side of the game. And, and look, there's a reason that Buffalo's favored the way they are, and it's because of him. And and the Jets have have won in spite of him until this past week, and then they lost because of him. And when you look at his, his completion percentage, his touchdown percentage, his interception percentage, there's no improvement in any of those areas. And he's got Mike White and he's got Joe Flacco sitting behind him. And this is a team that's shown so much progress in so many areas. Nice. He cannot hold them back Ooh. from being the team that they zappied. potentially could be this year. No, that's a good call, Coach, because, look, if, if they continue to play well and win in spite of him, this offseason, they might start looking at a quarterback because he hasn't yeah. played well. well. He, he might get yanked if they keep losing because of him. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think okay. he could at some point if it goes the way that he we saw it go against games. New England. Wow. Yeah, I like that. He he. They and the Bills' is. defense is a tough. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a tough animal to deal with. And they're in the division, the so you got to show that you can deal with. That's them. a great point. Yeah. Okay, this is going to be controversial because yesterday Ooh. when we were doing the tears. I said the Eagles are the best team in the entire NFL. They're undefeated. They haven't lost a game. This morning, I woke up with a weird feeling. Weird feeling, Broussard. I didn't feel good about it (laughs) at all. And I'm not saying that this is a full-blown upset alert, which is like when your fire alarm starts going off. This is when your fire alarm needs new batteries. It's just like, chirp. You're like, what's going on here? Just a little one. Eagles on the bud list. The team? The the whole team. I'm... I don't feel good about this game at all. A little bit is because of what I saw from the Bills in the Packers last week. Where the Bills are like, we got this, man. Let's just lay back. That's, the, I think, the attitude that the Eagles are going to have coming in against a Texas team that has done nothing, also doesn't have Brandon Cooks. Houston should just roll over. I don't think they're going to. The fact that they're going to Houston on Thursday night, these Thursday night games, and we've been uh, grinding the all 22. You know how I get. <laughs> this is what our, we determined about these Thursday night games. Weird. Weird <laughs> games. I think when you watch these they games, like weird. And yeah. Colts Sad beating the Broncos was like weird game. Commanders beat the Bears. It was just a weird game. Ravens beat the Bucks. That first half, Tom Brady was just a weird game. I would expect the Eagles to have a bit of a weird game, and I know this is not gonna. Fi- you're not gonna find this in the statistics. I don't like the World Series being on. I don't like. I don't like Phillies fans' <laughs> attention being divided. <laughs> I'm telling you, Coach. I might be alone on an island, but yeah, the, you are. the Texans are not going. It's a 14 point spread. The Texans will definitely cover. Definitely okay. cover. And I'm telling. I just got a little upset alarm, alarm going off. It's gonna be a weird game. Put them on the bud list. Now that may be true that they cover the spread. I, I'll give you that. But I, I don't think Philly's in danger of losing. I, Coach, I do think a loss eventually would be good for the. Oh, that's a good take. I don't think with the way they played last year in the playoffs. If they were to somehow go into the playoffs undefeated, I don't think that'd be good for them. Do you agree I think with the that? pressure? Well, so I think look, the good. odds are they're probably going to lose a game at some point Fair. during the season. It's pretty hard to go the, the entire season undefeated. The, the losses help you. Uh, I, look, it, it, it can be a wake-up call. It can add some perspective. 
but it, it, it does heat off. It, it does take a little bit of the heat off, and it, as each week goes on, that pressure builds when you're when you're winning a lot of games. Would you do the? I know there's two months away. Would you do the Caldwell? Remember the Colts were 14 and 0, and they had no, clinched everything, and they well, that, benched that's everybody. Always, do that's that. going to be the debate at the end of the season if they've secured the number. Yeah, spot. I love that. Oh, the rest versus rest. Let's break that out. They got that right here. Ready to go. I love it. Hey, great job, the Bundles. That's why. It's best the best, best Thursday ever. segment in all sports television. Fantastic job. job. Hey, is it a must win for Tom Brady and the Bucks next? First things first. It's a great bud list. Oh, welcome back to the show. Battle of the underachieving Super Bowl champions this Sunday. They won't use that in the promo. Three and four Rams at the three and five Bucks. Here's Todd Bowles. Take a listen. I think we have a bad taste in our mouth the last three weeks. We don't have time to worry about the bad taste of the Rams. We're, we're trying to win a ball game. And that, that's all we're worried about. How critical is this week to win? They're all critical. You know, they're all critical. We lost three in a row, like she said, and you got to get the next one in to feel better about yourself. Ooh, must win game for the Bucks. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, this is basically an elimination game for both these teams. Yikes. And... Wow. I, th- I know you don't like me saying that. At some point, Coach, it's late enough in the season for us to talk like that. But here's the thing. I, not only do I think the Bucks will win, I think they're going to crush the Rams. Crush them? The Rams have, on a per-play basis, the worst offense in football. Think about that. We were just talking about Zach Wilson and the Jets. Now they had a great running game. We saw the Bears with Justin Fields, the struggles they've had. The Panthers with Baker for part of the year. The worst offense per play in the NFL is the Los Angeles oh, like Rams. Tre- worse than Trevor Lawrence? Uh, they, they just had turnover <laughs> issues, buddy. They actually moved the ball quite well. Grind some more all 22 before you talk about the Prince of Promise like that. That's not. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on, try to keep up. Uh, and so. The, so why is that? The Rams' offensive line is broken beyond recognition. The Bucks. what's the one thing this year, Wilds, they've done really well? They get after the quarterback. And so I think this is a terrible matchup for the Rams. I think, the, by the way, after this game, Tampa's got Seattle and Germany and then Cleveland before Deshaun gets back. I think that Tampa could steady the ship a bit. Mm-hmm. So I, think, I do think I will be greatly concerned with Tampa, even in that division, Bad division. If they were to lose this game, I don't think they will. I think it's a must win, and they will win it. Okay. I think they will win. I'm not nearly as confident as you because I was grinding the All-22, Broussard, <laughs> me and Dusty, and for years. And here's how historically bad, Coach, I want to show you a graphic. Okay. The Bucks rushing is. The last five teams to rush for less than 62 yards per game. Jeez. It's the Bucks. It's the Lions from 1946. It's a team called the Boston Yanks. It's a baseball team. And then it's the Eagles. So I just feel like not a big enough deal is being made of the fact that the Bucs cannot run the ball, Coach. Yeah, in in terms of this being a must-win game, Nick, I I don't think it's a must-win game. I think it's a must-improve game. And the reason I say that is because of the division they're in. Right. The division, they're they're not going to get the number one seed, so they're going to have a chance to to win the division just – based off of, of what's happening in the division. But they've got to improve. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to see your graphic and, and raise you oh, some, some points on, on what's happening. Here. This is graphic poker. <laughs> so, look, they, they rushed the least amount of any team at 20. But now their rush yards per game at 3.0. Just to put this in perspective, so you brought the historical yep. uh, in 62 yards. They have a chance to, to, to have the lowest rushing combined rushing average since uh, 2002, it's 672 teams, oh, seasons, yeah. over that period, they have a chance to, to, to be the worst oh. ever over that That's period. Why is the GOAT? At, at 3.0. He's and the then, then you look at their drops. And, and they've had their seventh in drops overall, but they're second in the league in drops over the last four games. So they've got to improve that area. And then there's a continuity issue between, the, between Tom and, and his receivers. And I want to show you a, a play where, look, we, everybody wants to kill Tom because he's old. Uh, let me just show you so, some of the things that are going on here. So here it is against, against Baltimore where he got pressured the most he's been pressured. We've got a post-safety. Mike Evans is going to run an inside breaking route against Marcus Peters. So there's a safety. There's Peters. And what he's got to do, you can't break inside. You've got to come downhill. Tom throws a second base throw. That's where you want it to be. Low and inside. So, so watch it again. Tom goes back. Evans is running the inside breaking route. He's going to make the move. Clearly a post safety. Evans should see that. He knows he's coming inside. He can't break flat. You've got to come downhill. 
because he doesn't. Not only does he not come downhill, but he doesn't even contest it with Peters, and that's why you have what you have here. And, and these types of things should not be happening. That's exactly what I was thinking. It should not be happening. <laughs> I was like, God, you and, read and, the post safety. What a dope. All right, so, come on, Mike Evans, give me a break. See, so, Nick would have used that to say, oh, this is a throw that should have been an yeah, interception it's an for interse- Brady. Just but, like he did the two. No, those no, that's my no, segment. No. Yeah, there's always other components to it. Absolutely. And Tom gets hit with, with some of these things where it's clearly it's clearly where the throw has to go. And then he's looking like, oh, what a terrible throw. He he's old. He must not be able to play. That that's not the case. They first of all run the ball. Whether whether you get three more, yards, right. or not. coach likes just, to run the ball even when it doesn't work. Take more than anybody. Can, can I, 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 I just, he loves the he loves the even when it's not working. Keep doing. You know what Nick likes? Nick likes be one dimensional even though that's not working. Okay, well that's, that's fair. Just be, be as one dimensional as you possibly screamed everybody. Rush the passer with my forty-five year old quarterback in my line that's struggling. To run. Let's do that with my receivers that need time point. to get downfield. He raises. I, I feel like this is deja vu. Because didn't we do this Tampa versus, was it Baltimore? When it was, a, was it, they played Baltimore? They yeah, was Baltimore was win. Thursday. It was a must-win game they needed. And I thought it was not a must-win for Tampa, but for the other. I think this is a must-win for the Rams. Oh. Like, I mean, because they got San Francisco to contend with. Like Coach said, yes, you want to win, obviously, if you're Tampa. You need to win badly, but they don't have a San Francisco in that division. They've already beaten Carolina and New Orleans. They'll get to Atlanta again, so they're in good shape, win, win or lose, in this division, and that keeps it from being a must-win. Done with the Rams. Yeah, they're about a month out. So you're already, but you're already with the Rams. Like they're already out. What is is no chance? Oh, here we go. Are we not getting to the? Oh, is Is this working? Go ahead. Hold on. Has this been accurate? The Rams are done. (laughs) (laughs) They're done. done. They can't protect. No shot. I just did. <laughs> That's final. That's it. It's over. It's the law of the land now. You, uh, you, you, want, you, you want to ask the Tom Brady question? I thought you were going. I was just waiting for it. I know. You were like, you were like, like, like no. Christmas morning for you. You like, no, please just... ask me. All right. Other news. Tom Brady needs 164 yards on Sunday to reach 100,000. Nick, on a scale of 1 to 100,000, how impressive is this? <laughs> All right. So, can I just say. You were excited I, about this. I, I was excited about this sorry, because even... when I saw this in the notes. I was like, wow, 100,000 passing yards. It feels like it was very recently he had 80,000. I was like, how is this the case? Then I realized this is playoffs and regular season combined. Mm -hmm. I'm a big playoffs and regular season combined stats should matter guy. But the whole world, most notably you, mocked me when I said, why are we not acknowledging that LeBron's passed Kareem? For the most this was a LeBron? Ever. And I wonder yeah. why. Exactly right. Be right. Exactly right. right. That's the only reason we're excited. Exactly right. Care less and now, now <laughs> that you guys, now that it's one of your guys, it's in the show. The 100,000 thing. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's 100,000 passing yards. Because Mahomes can never reach it's, this. It's 100,000 passing yards. That's why he's not bringing it up. Yeah. And, and, but no, it just seems unfair. I knew it. It just he's seems like, unfair. He's like, do you watch replay? He's like, unbelievable. Why would you try to get us to the Medals time. Oh, Celtics Cavs. You know what Joe Missoula was doing? They needed a bucket. Do you think they drew up the play for Noah Vonley? No. They said, give it to our best player, and he'll win the game. He didn't. He didn't, but he (laughs) sent it into overtime, and then he blocked Donovan shot, and then they lost. But I'll tell you what he wasn't doing. Using him as a decoy so Matt Ryan could get a shot, and then saying it was the right play. Wasn't good enough to make the medal stand. Nick, who did it better? Wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> what? You disappoint. <laughs> Why? You break my heart, Fredo. Garland, a winner from that game. Welcome back, second place Cleveland Cavaliers. Nice They've lost once all year, and it was on opening night. He had 29, 5, and 12. Silver medal, DeJounte Murray. Yeah. 36 yeah. points, 4 rebounds, 9 assists, 5 steals, in a stirring comeback against the Wobegon New York Knickerbockers. And then the gold medal, the best player in the Western Conference and the best offensive player in the entire NBA, my large adult Slovenian son all grown up. 
33, 5, and 11 for Luca, raising his season averages to 36, 9, and 9. I guess lowering go. his season averages in points. There's a medal Sam from last night Excellent. in the NBA. We're going to stay here because okay. we demanded oh. it in the morning meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, Luca, first player since Wilt to open the season with seven 30 point games. Other than Jordan. Other than Jordan. Okay. Oh, Jordan didn't do it. Okay. He, uh, he oh, the greatest scorer ever. Oh, he didn't do it. Well, that's he fascinating. Is. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Okay, so the first player in 60 years to do it. I mean, small sample he, size. What do you mean? It's 60 seven years. Games. Yeah. No, seven games. No, seven games. It's 60 years of the first seven games, you doofuses. The stat is the well, first how seven many games. Threes? He shoots like 10 threes a game. He's actually shooting nine, tw seven threes, nine threes nine a game and shooting 20. He's playing Yeah, and I got it right here, my friend. And he's shooting 23%. He's worse from three than Giannis. He's shooting, Who is the MVP? Yeah, he's shooting 24% from three on eight threes per game, despite that he's having 36, 9, and 9. And you might say, I know what you want to say, can't win MVP if the team's not a top three seed. No, 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 no. Those rules changed thanks to your colleagues. Now, you weren't one of them, Brew. You were one of the good I ones. I went with Giannis. One of the good MVP voters that stuck to history and integrity and how it's been done for 40 years. However, the rest of the group just said, oh, winning, schminning, who cares? Who's putting up the best numbers? And Luka Doncic is putting up the best numbers in basketball by a mile. So, yeah, my bet really? for him. Yes. Really. By a mile? Yes, 36, 9, and 9. No one's ever done it. Look, Luka is definitely ahead of my guy, who is Ja. All yeah. right, that was my preseason pick. Luka's ahead of him. Luka's having a great year. But Giannis is yeah. the MVP yeah, right now because winning is a factor, Nick. You think? They're 7-0 and without Chris Since Middleton, win. who you oh, love. Well. You praised Chris Middleton yeah. earlier in the, year, in the show. And they're seven and zero compared to four and three for the Mavericks. And and look, I Luca's averaging five hundred fifty eight dribbles a game. So what? To put that in perspective, America, that's a hundred cool. more <laughs> than James Harden. A hundred more dribbles than James Harden. Yeah, he Harden doesn't have Joel Embiid or Tyrese Maxey on his team. You, I, you're not, not going to win being a one man show. That's they why they're four and three. Last year. They that's why they're four and three. With him dribbling all that. Go ahead. You had Jalen Brunson there at least. Mm -hmm. Giannis, second in points, second in rebounds, third in PR, undefeated, first in good vibes when he's given out. Okay, you know, Luca first to in points. Oh, good vibes. Him lost. He's the MVP until they lose. Listen, so, by the way, out sneakers. by the way, I actually agree with you guys that up to this point, Giannis. Okay, is the MVP. there we go. Okay, but that's not the question. Oh, right. The question is how safe's the bet. And the bet's looking beautiful. You should, it's, you should hedge it's a little. It's kind of safe. Hedge That's a little. It's looking great. Safe. Speak is up next. Enjoy the World Series. Go Phillies. Get a hit. Joy. Let Acho have the two of <laughs> It's not going to.